Well, this series, we, we finished up summer school last week just in time for real school to get going. And, um, oh, yes, and teacher. At least we have an excited teacher. Do we have any teachers here? Do we have any teachers in the house? Let's, let's clap for the teachers. Woo! I tell you what, you look at the five pieces of Celebration Church's vision, and two of them have to do with people who are 20 years older and under. And so we, they're about children and students, and we have an assignment to make a difference there. And man, we are so thankful for people, the people of God, who are doing that in our school system, who are sitting there and carrying the hope of God with them into their environments, who are educating our kids, because bless God, they just need to be educated. A good believer needs to know how to add and and read and, and understand geography and all those pieces. They're not pointless, young people. All that stuff, it has eternal consequences as well. We need to learn, and we're thankful for our teachers that, that sacrifice and do that. And um, But this week... We're, we're launching into, and we're going to be dealing with this for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about this concept of a favorite. Uh, about a few months ago, I just kind of offhandedly uh, threw out the, the concept that, you know, we, the, all of the people who descended from, from Israel were the Israelites, and everybody that descended from Moab were the Moabites, and Ammon, the Ammonites, and we have all of these ites. Well, guess what? You and I today... We are favorites. And that's what we're looking at. We have come into and we are connected with God because of his favor, because he has chosen. And then what does it mean? What does it mean to have that? Okay, uh, people understood what it meant to be an Israelite. There was a family identity in that. We have, <clears throat> since our kids were real little, we've talked to them about what it means to be a Clark. Okay, that clerks, this is what clerks do. This is what clerks don't do. This is what it is. And we would remind them all the time that, hey, you're, you're, you're a clerk. This is, just, this is just how things go. And there's always been this strong family identity within our little nucleus of a family. And we built it into them. We talked to them about it, about us choosing to serve God and moving forward with Him and loving others and all of the different pieces that it, um, that it means that we're not going to be quitters and, and we're not going to be hateful to others and a, a number of different pieces that it, that it builds into it. Well, our identity, we are all come together and we're connected by the favor of God. And I, that's what we're going to be looking at. Because this is something that we don't, necessarily talk about all the time what it what favor is that favor sounds like something you do for me like i left this over here baby. would you move a favor and bring it to me well okay that can maybe something being done on your behalf but but favor is especially when we look at the bible is so much bigger than that so bust out your notes let's go and i'm going to be laying some foundation it's going to be real teachy this morning so i i hope that uh i hope that you're you're ready for that so um god's heart folks is for people if you don't have that down, man, and you're going to hang out with, at Celebration Church, hopefully you're going to get that in. God's heart is for people. He loves people. He's about people. The whole scope of what Jesus did was about unloading hell and loading heaven. It was about making dead people live. It was about this, this beautiful picture in Revelations of a sea, that no man, a sea of people that no man can number. About God having, being restored to relationship with his creation, with his prized creation, humanity. And his desire is to give us life, 
to have a relationship with us and to make us part of his plan to bring life and relationship to others. How cool is it that God wants us life for us? How cool is it that God wants to, to know us and to interact with us and for us to know him and trust him? But how, how much more awesome is it that, that God wants to utilize us in that? I mean, there are times that, you know, that I'll go and I'll get one of my kids to, uh, um, you know, to want to, I need to communicate something to Cutie. And so I'll get one of my kids and every once in a while it'll be so important. I'll start to say, okay, Weston, I need you to tell, <sighs> never mind. I'm going to tell her myself. Because I want to make sure it's communicated exactly right. Okay? Guess what? God didn't do that. This has got the biggest message ever in human history. And you know what? I think God easily could have looked at Brandon and go, Brandon, I need you to... Ah, yeah, never mind. I'm going to handle this myself. He could have looked at... and But he didn't. He chose to include us in that. How incredible is that? God's biggest message. And this comes down to this next sentence. People, people, folks, are God's favorites. Out of all his creation, out of everything that he did, we're his favorite. Now, does God care about creation? Yes. Should we be good stewards of God's creation? Absolutely. Absolutely we should. But at not, not at the sacrifice of humanity. God has humanity at the center of creation. And what we need to do is we need to look at the, this, this seminal message, this thing that came out when things began to just shift. Okay? And let's look at 2.14. And any of us that, that, have, that know any the, the holiday time, the holiday songs, you may not know too much, but you've probably heard this song. Okay? Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. Okay, that's the King James version of it. Goodwill towards men. It sounds kind of like just thing that, um, you know, that it's just, okay, we just want everybody to be sweet to each other and everybody be nice to each other. No, let's look at how uh, <clears throat> the, it's translated. And when you get down into it, blending the two together, when you look at the original language, it's actually get the, the best heart of the message. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, peace to whom, <clears throat> to men on whom his favor rests. God has chosen to pour out and to make this a time of favor. God has chosen to favor us, okay? Now, this message was proclaimed. You have to understand the context here. First off, this message, and you could think that it sounds like that this, this is just a bunch of ruffians because it's a bunch of, it's proclaimed to just some shepherds out tending their sheep out in the field. You say, well, these are just some, you know, some regular old farm worker everyday thing. You have to understand the Jewish cult culture. Everybody grew up understanding and guess what? Memorizing the the first five books of the Bible. They grew up in it. It wasn't just something that they read. This was their family history. This was their family history. The Bible is their family history. When they talk about these guys, they're like, that's great, 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 but grandpa this, that's that. This is they looked at it through a little bit different eyes than we look at it as. And everybody understood and knew this, okay? They also understood what favor meant. And we're about to look at that in just a moment. But this had huge impact. This had huge impact. And the, these angels, this whole chorus of angels are so excited. They show up and it's like they wanted to tell everybody. And God's like, all right, I've got a plan. But here, you can tell these couple of guys in this field. 
and just boom, this, the heavens open up and hear these angels singing it. And they're so pumped and they're so excited because this is a game changer, folks. This changes everything. Okay, because now we are in a place, humanity is in a place where we're not trying to find favor with God. In Christ, we are already in favor. We, you, are a favorite. You yourself are a favorite of God. All of a sudden, this is a game changer, and we need to understand this. Because we see through the scriptures, there's this whole concept of, of find favor. And if we wanted to, we could try to, to teach and maybe have some, some principles of how to find favor with God. And we would have to look at the Old Testament to find all those. Because we look at, and you, I challenge you to study this on your own, and if you've got some, some Bible study tools, some electronic stuff, then look up found favor. Okay, And we're going to look at these places. Here, we, the first one we see is uh, Genesis 6, 8. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, Noah found favor. That favor, wasn't, favor with God wasn't something that just everybody got. He positioned himself in this place. And of course, Noah, out of all of humanity, everybody gets, we've been praying for rain. They were wanting it to stop. The whole place is flooded. It's everybody, it's, God is starting over. And God finds favor. Somebody God can connect with, he can use. We've talked before in the past that Noah isn't perfect. I mean, it's just right after the flood, we see things that, okay, he does not get father of the year on this thing. It wasn't because... He was, it wasn't because he was perfect, but he is this place of finding favor. We look then just some chapters later that Abraham found favor with God. We see that Lot found favor with God. Moses found favor with God. Gideon found favor with God. Jacob found favor with God. Mary, Jesus' mother, is the last person the Bible says found favor with God. She's the last one. She's the last one. Why is that significant? Because all she was bringing Christ into the world, all the rest of us, as we're going to look at, it's about what Jesus did. He shifted it. Didn't have to find favor anymore. All of a sudden, favor is poured out. It is everywhere. It is this, because that's why Jesus came. Let's look at Luke 4. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The time of the Lord's favor, the season, the, the epoch of the Lord's favor. Things are now shifting there had been this time that humanity was not in a place where humanity as a whole had had favor with God and these different guys. And you know what's so cool about every one of these? We jump over into Hebrews chapter 11 and we get into the hall of faith. All of these guys that found favor with God are, are all in the hall of faith. We can just track along, boom, 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 each one of these guys. That they believed God, took him at his word. God used them in these incredible ways. All of these, the nation of Israel, their heroes, their heroes are the ones that found favor. And here they're being told, Jesus is saying, and he's letting everybody know, this is saying that everybody has favor. That crowd that he's talking to, they understand the implications of this. 
favor with God was something they wanted, something they desired. Father Abraham had it. Noah had it. Gideon had it. All of these different guys that God used in incredible ways had it. And now all of a sudden Jesus is saying, here it is. This is the day. I'm not giving you a few things to try to act like Abraham or act like Moses or do these and position yourself in favor. They were in a, they were in a different time. Jesus comes along and changes everything. So what does this favor concept really mean? What does it really mean? Well, let's let the Bible tell us what it means. Let's, let's just allow this to come along and, and do that because otherwise we can uh, maybe interpret it something that's, that inappropriately or wrong. Favor. Favor first and foremost, folks. It means acceptance. It first and foremost means acceptance. This world that we live in is, in, is craving acceptance. We run and our engines are driven on this desire to be accepted. To be accepted by each other. People, I'm telling the entire religious mindsets are driven by this idea of trying to be accepted by god doing these little things so god will accept you they get into this works mentality so that you can be accepted all of this is acceptance rules you can't hardly watch a commercial without this desire and this need for acceptance to be rooted in there i love that that, that what dave ramsey's quote that he says all the time that that we as people are constantly in this place that we are looking and we're spending money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we really don't like that that's constantly there that's there that i may not like you but i really want you to like me I cannot like you if I don't want to, but I, I, you, you're still supposed to, to, to kind of, when it's all said and done, want to be me. We now have things that are used to, everything was kind of cloaked, and now we're right out in the open where, where uh, there are different things that are, you know, their little thing is be envied, or, or I saw a cologne called arrogant. Seriously, I don't want that. Don't splash that mess on me. I won't be arrogant. But that thing of, you know, where you feel good about yourself and it's all right and everybody wants to be me and all this stuff. We're just hardwired for this, for this thing of, of acceptance. And we see here in Genesis 4, the first time favor is connected with anything in the Bible. is connected with acceptance. It says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock and the lord looked with favor on abel and his offering but on cain and his offering he did not look with favor so cain was angry and his face was downcast he was pouty says and then the lord said to cain look why are you angry why is your face downcast if you do what is right will you not be accepted but if you do not do what is right sin is crouching at the door and it's desirous to have you but you must master it here is this thing that that favor what means and includes acceptance so all of these 
different things that are wrapped up in favor. But we have to understand first and foremost, and if, if you've said yes to Christ and, and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to really speak to your heart, then you understand this concept of grace and that in Christ you are accepted in the beloved, the Bible says, that you are part of those that are, are connected. God has extended in this day of favor acceptance. That's why it's, a good, that's why it's good news. That's why it's so awesome. We tend to think that, oh, I've got to sit there and, and I've got to earn God's favor. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And, man, you know what? I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get right with God when I'm ready to quit all of this. When I finally put all that away and I stop doing all my, my knucklehead stuff and, and then I'll, I'll quit all that and I'll go, okay, God, I'm going to give myself to you. As if you're trying to give God a better you. My, my, my you that I am now, I, I, I want to give God a better me. So I'm going to quit all this, and then, well, I'm not, but I'm not ready to. I'm kind of having still a little bit of fun. You know, it's still got some, some pains in it here and there, and, but I'm still having a little bit of fun, and I'm, I'm going to wait. No, see, that's, we get, you get it all backwards that way. See, we come to this place where we recognize we can't fix ourselves, and that God takes us and accepts us, oh my gosh, just the way we are just the way we are and then his spirit begins to work real life on the inside of us and that stuff that we're so embarrassed of and and feel it, it holds us down and holds us back god begins to work that out of us he's not saying you know what you you quit that you clean up you do all of that get all that off of you before you step in here we we do that uh, we do that all the time there are things we can't have come in I've told you the story before of my, my grandfather working for the city and somehow slipping into a, uh, a septic tank and falling into a septic tank. And then having to, he, you know, finds a tow hole, pulls himself out, gets himself home. And of course, what does my grandmother say? You are not coming in the house. He's like, to get cleaned up is in the house. But I can't get in the house. But... I need to get cleaned up, but all the stuff is in the house. But nobody's going to let me in the house. And somebody, until acceptance showed up, until acceptance in Christ showed up, that's the way you and I were with our junk and with our sin. We're like, this is holding us out, but to get me fixed up was there. And Jesus like, okay, whew, come as you are. Stinky, smelly, messed up, drugged through the filth. And allow, and allow me. What the Bible says, to, to cleanse us with the washing of the water of the word. It just changes. It. Acceptance changes everything, folks. It changes everything. Favor also means salvation. And my goodness, we can make this a churchy word big time. The salvation is this thing. And somebody you know, walks an aisle and there's the, the keyboard music going. And they say the it's a nice little prayer. And we do this little thing. And then you, you've gotten saved. And we turn that into, especially in this Bible Belt chunk of the Midwest that we turn it into this thing and we forget what it really is all about. Let's first look at, at 2 Corinthians 6.2. It says, For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, it's totally connected. I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Well, first let's look at it. Okay? Let's look at salvation. That's soteria, okay? I don't normally give you all a bunch of Greek words, but there it is. And um, which means to rescue. 
Salvation isn't this, this little religious thing that we, we have. It has this concept of somebody being in this place of helplessness and they can't deal with it on their own. And the, but it, at the same time, it also has this place, connection of safety. It talks about d- being delivered. So being in this place of health is included in that. This place of, <clears throat> of everything that has been jacked up and messed up gets put back together. That's where we jump into the next word of that, the Greek translation. We put it into English, is saved. When salvation comes, then you're saved. And that's the word sozo. And it means to save or to deliver or to protect. As we come into this place of favor, we come into not just, all right, here you go. You get cleaned up. All right, now you're on your own. Don't do the whole return to your wallowing in the mire thing. But, you know, I I fixed you. Now keep yourself straightened. No, there is this thing of protecting. That, okay, you and then now... All right, I'm going to I'm going to protect this. I'm going to <clears throat> to hold on to this for you. There is this protection, this healing, this to be made whole. It's all interconnected. That is what salvation is. This time of favor, God wants to do that in your life. And sometimes if we get that we need to find favor, that we've got to do this cuz you know what? When we get real honest, folks, most of the junk in our lives we can go, my decisions played at least a role in creating this. A lot of them, my decisions built this all by itself. But some of them, just about everything, my decisions played a role. Sometimes life throws just junk at us. And my wife did a great job of covering that a few weeks ago with dealing with making lemonade. But uh, most of it, most of it comes down that our decisions, and then we can go, ah, all right, God. All right, God, I can understand you'll do something as soon as, you know, I, and I've just got to get better at this, at this decision thing. And I, God, I'm going to work on this little decision thing and, and then get better at this. And then as soon as I feel like I, I'm, I, can, I can do this, well, then I'm going to come to you and go, okay, now, God, bring some salvation into this area. Bring some salvation in this area. No, I'm telling you, folks, we've got to begin to cry out for it and expect it even in that. And he begins to rework our decision-making process. And he begins to mold it. And we cry out to him and we look for favor even when we feel like we don't deserve any of it. Because, folks, the truth is, favor is undeserved. That's the beautiful thing of it. Otherwise, it would be wages paid. It would be your due. But it's not. It's favor. Let's look at Genesis 6. It says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Yikes! That is jacked up. Only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and that his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom i've created from the face of the earth men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air for i am grieved that i've made them but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord and this is the account of noah noah was a righteous man blameless among his people of his time and he walked with god he pursued 
a relationship with God. That he found favor. That was the saving thing for Noah. Genesis 19, 19. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. This is Lot. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I will die. Again, Lot is in this place where judgment comes down and God's favor saves him and spares him. He's one again that you can go right on the heels of this salvation. Things just get crazy and twisted and you're like, okay, seriously, this is the guy that got spared? And, um, but I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's God's favor. Psalms 69.13 says, I pray to you, O Lord, in the time of your favor, in your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Again, salvation is totally connected. When we understand that, that it's just given to us. It's just part of it. We live in it. And God just wants to keep adding to that. We start with our eternity being shifted. We go from death to life. And that's the big piece. That's the big thing that needs to be dealt with. And we start there. But then he works more and more and more salvation into our lives where every piece begins to reveal his perfect initial desire for our lives. And then the last thing we want to talk about today is that favor means provision and productivity. Okay? That, <clears throat> let's look at Psalms 90, 17. Um, one of the things that it's talked about is, is people ask over and over again, you know, what is, why am I here? What's my, what does God have for me to do? You know, they, when they get over the fact that God exists and that God maybe maybe does care about them, then they're like, okay, but why am I here? What What's there? That is one of the big core questions that gnaws at us. God didn't create me just to be this little creature running around on the planet. There's a plan and a purpose in his heart. Why is it there? Well, in living that out, God's favor plays a role. Psalms 90 verse 17. May the favor of the Lord your God, <clears throat> Lord our God, rest upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. That God's favor begins to invade even the, the things we begin to do for Him and the life we begin to live. We should begin to expect God's favor in our job place and with our bosses in all these different and all these different things the things we set our hands to even just in on all fronts we should begin to expect God's favor his completeness his salvation his 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 bringing things together we should begin to expect that not because it's owed to us but because that's part of what God wants to do in our lives that's because he what he wants to do in our lives it is just a piece of it. We see Luke one twenty eight says the angel went to her, and this is we're getting to talk about Mary. The angel went to her and said, "Greetings, you are highly favored." She's not just favored; she's highly favored. The Lord is with you, and Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Couldn't have heard any better thing. Couldn't have heard any better announcement from an angel. God majorly favors you and she's still freaked out i mean you couldn't say anything nicer couldn't better greeting but she's still ah, freaked out she's greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting might this be 
She's kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. What, what's up with it? God has highly favored me. What, what does that mean? I'm freaked out by this. Man, we tend to interact with God that way. We tend to, t- tends to, all right, God speaks to me. Okay, now, oh, God, what do you want? What do you want to do? Man, I'm telling you, God is simply, he's simply, he's simply for us. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And guess what? You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. That was her assignment. Unique in all creation. Was to be the womb that would carry the perfect, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. God in the flesh. And God's favor provided for that. God's favor provided for that. Was that assignment attacked? Absolutely. They had, after Jesus was born, they have to, to flee uh, to Egypt. Say, well, wait a second. I thought I was favored. Why are we running to a foreign country? Why am I living as a fugitive? But part of that provision and all of that different kind. A lot of people, a lot of theologians believe that even the gold and all that that was brought by, by the Magi, by the wise men, because as Joseph is having to live there and he's leaving his occupation as a carpenter, that those, those uh, gold and all of that that they brought were what they were able to live on while they were in Egypt. God's favor just providing, providing for the assignment on the life, providing for their needs, providing all of those different things. See, folks, we have to be aware, aware that, man, God wants to do more for us than honestly. Now, a lot of times we feel comfortable letting him do. We want to earn it a little bit. We want it to, we want it to, to feel like when we really added a little bit to this, that we helped set ourselves up for this. And man, God just wants to just bless us. And he wants to show his goodness and his huge love and mercy off in your life. And man, and there's been over and over, man, that, that God, that's why God loves to show himself strong through our weakness. That his strength, the word says, is made perfect in our weakness. Why? Because when it's done, who gets the credit? It's God that gets the credit. Everybody's sitting there scratching their head and going, I know it's not that joker. It's God's got to be involved in that. And that's the way God wants it. God pours it out in our lives. See, folks, it's just the truth. God's given us his word to teach us about his favor. God's given us his spirit to, to remind us of his favor. And he wants to empower us, folks. He wants to empower us so that in our lives we can keep growing and moving forward in knowing him better and trusting him more. This is something we ought to begin to expect and see in our lives. God, you want to do this just because you love me. Just because you love me. Just because I'm your favorite. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't elevate me above anybody else. What that does is remind me at the place that I'm in in Christ. It's because I'm in Christ that His favor is poured out on me. Not because of what I earned or not because of what I didn't earn. It's because I'm in Christ. It changes, folks. It changes everything. It changes everything. We need to understand the time we live in. We're going to interact with God wrong. We're going to pray wrong. We're going to end up doing all these things wrong. We need to understand we are in a time where God has poured out His favor and He loves you. And His word is true. He's given us everything that pertains in Christ, everything that pertains to life and godliness. 
Not because we earned it, but because we couldn't. And Jesus did it on our behalf. Ah. So this morning, as you step into it, the, <clears throat> we want to make sure everybody here has said yes to that, has said yes to the favor of God. And he said, you know what, preacher, I've, I've been that guy. I've been that guy saying, yeah, I, I wanted, I'll do this whole say yes to Jesus thing when I'm ready to really do it. When I'm ready to just really do it. Here's what you need to do. Here's the question. Here's the question that is answered with Jesus. You listen to allow the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. And you go, is he, is he letting you know that you need a Savior? And is he letting you know that Jesus is him? And is he beckoning you to say yes and accept that? That's what it is. Quit trying to muddy the waters with all the other things. Well, I've got to quit this. I gotta quit. quit that. Quit bringing all that other baggage in there. He knows that's there. He's offering it to you anyways. It's not like, oh, God, I've got to come clean and tell him what he's really getting. He knows what he's getting. He knows. So, just let the Holy Spirit talk to you about the simplicity of that. Because you know what? The rest of that stuff, he loves you and he's going he's gonna to work with you on that. And in Christ, you'll be empowered to deal with it instead of in yourself just being frustrated. It changes everything, folks. So I'd appreciate it if everybody would bow your heads and close your eyes.